Let's pray together, please. May this comforter come to us even now. As your people open and willing on this Sunday morning. To hear from you, O God, through song or sermon. Through sacred rhythms of our rituals here at Highland. Through these stained glass windows. Through the community gathered. May you somehow, in your own unique way. Be revealed to us, your people, this day. We pray for the world that you so love, that you came and were among us. And may we now be faithful in all that we do and are to help the world come to that river that flows by the throne of God. That we might know the refreshment and nourishment that only you can give. In the name of the living water, Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Dorothy on the Wizard of Oz finally concludes, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. I was up in my years before I ever got to hear Dorothy say that, having been raised a Southern Baptist, And the Wizard of Oz only being shown on Sunday night on the three channels that were available back in the old days. I got to see the first part, but never the final part, where she says those immortal words, there's no place like home. Yesterday's Kentucky Derby is but a metaphor of that reality. That journey that we all take and finally end up at home. For what do they say when finally the horses make their way around the track and they make it around the final turn and they're headed toward toward home? It's like baseball. You start at home plate. You have a reason to go on the journey. And if you can be safe, you can make it all the way back to home. Home's not just a place. Home is a relationship. Home is a posture. It's a security. It is, in the words of Jesus, a peace. The question I have for all of us, for young people, for visitors, for longtime members, is this question. When's the last time you've been really home? Our gospel reading this morning reveals the disciples anxious about when Jesus will be physically gone from them. He's been preparing them for this time, when he will no longer be walking with them on the streets of Nazareth or Jerusalem, when they won't be sitting at his feet teaching, but he will be gone from them. They want to know what's, what it's going to be like when they don't have access to him, And so one of the disciples, whose name, unfortunately, is Judas, John notes for us, Judas, not Iscariot, not the betrayer. I always feel sorry for this particular disciple. It's like my classmate from college in the early 1970s, whose unfortunate name was Richard Nixon. <laughs> Judas, not Iscariot, asked the question, well, how are you going to reveal yourself to us and not the world? I mean, how is this going to work where we feel the connection, but they don't feel the connection? In other words, how are we going to get in touch with you when we need it? And 
even though we're separated by 2,000 years, you and I understand that feeling. We know what it's like to be connected to God and to be disconnected from God. To feel like we have access to God and then other seasons of our life when we lose that connection. We don't feel God. We don't see God. And it's scary. St. John of the Cross called it the dark night of the soul. It's, it's scary. And you wonder, am I ever going to get home again? How will I ever get back to that place where I feel the faith and can see the faith? It makes me think of that cartoon character, Batman. He assured the people of Gotham City that he would be there in their time of need because apparently the Gotham Police Department was just awful. Couldn't catch anything, couldn't catch a cold, much less catch a criminal. And, and so he says, I'll be here. For, how, will we, how will we get a hold of you, Batman? And his solution was, I will give you this bat signal which never felt like a very effective plan to me to shine a light up in the sky. I mean, what if it's daytime or what if the power goes out or what if they're not, what if he's not looking at that particular time? But that may be how you feel about Jesus' plan. When Judas asked, how are we going to get in touch with you? Here was Jesus' reply. You don't have to get in touch with us. We'll be in touch with you. If you love me, If you keep my word, we will see it. The Father and I will love you, and we will come to you. We'll be there. This is a reversal from the Hebrew Scripture, which suggests that we have to go to God. Lord, you're our dwelling place in all generations, from everlasting to everlasting. You're God. We have to find our way to God by our what we do with our lives. But here Jesus said, no. I'll come to you. I'll bring our home with you. I'll make my home with you. It's the same words we used from Revelation chapter 21 in our opening words this morning. That God and Jesus will come to us and be with us. And not only be with us, but remind us of the things that he said. It's very important. I tend to forget. I need a little Jiminy Cricket on my shoulder to remind me. When I'm angry, blessed are the peacemakers. Remember what I said. When I start feeling judgmental, judge not that you don't judge. When someone hurts me, remember, turn the other cheek. I need those remembrances of the things that Jesus said to just keep me grounded and keep me at home in this faith. And then finally he says this, not only will I be with you, not only will I remind you of what I've said, but I'll teach you new things. I'll send this spirit, this advocate, this helper who will teach you new things. This is an important truth about our faith. One that is too often forgotten or overlooked. And that is simply that Jesus didn't teach us everything. He didn't. He didn't teach us everything. The Gospels aren't uh, Wikipedia. You can't just go to them anytime and access everything you want to know. It doesn't work like that. Some people want to remind us Jesus didn't talk about homosexuality or gun control or capitalism or immigration. And it's true. 
which is why the advocate is so important to teach us new things. Nina read for us the passage from Acts chapter 11. An incredible story, really, of Simon Peter being the faithful Jew that he was, having this vision, hearing this voice that says to him, you are being called to step not in contradiction to, but beyond the teachings of the past. To move into new and uncharted territory that's consistent with the way and the message and the teachings of Jesus in his lifetime. Well, that's revolutionary. It's not to say that we can believe anything we want to believe or the church today can do anything we want to do, but new things always follow the teachings of Jesus rather than following the fears of the community. Don't be afraid, he said. Peace I leave with you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Don't let them be afraid. Don't feel like you have to close things in. Rather, allow my gospel to open things up to the new things that Spirit wants to do in this world, even today. Jesus tells his disciples, frankly, I'm leaving. But before I go, I'm leaving behind this, my peace. My peace. Not the kind of peace the world gives, but my peace I give to you. And it it allows us a kind of Emotional mobility. That is to say, we're not stuck just coming to church on Sunday and kind of circling the wagons to worry about the life we live. We're not stuck here. We're not stuck in the temple. We're not stuck with rituals or trying to live the perfect life. Rather, almost like spiritual turtles, we carry our homes with us wherever we go. And Christ is there. And Spirit is there. And Jesus said the Father would be there making home with us. And so the invitation, it seems to me, is this. To enter into these very needful spiritual practices of going home. Going home. Of finding that place inside of you. Deep in your heart where Christ resides and waits for you. When life is beautiful, go home. Celebrate that as sacred gift. When life is bad, go home. Find that center that will reorient your life. When life is boring, sometimes life is boring. When life is boring, go home. Go be in that place where Christ lives. Where you can find that peace and that courage and that purpose that reignites your living. When violent words of shame and failure are hurled at you, you go home to that space in your heart where you know who you are because Christ is telling you who you are. When the temptations come, To be less than the man or the woman or the boy or the girl that God has called you to be. When those temptations come, go home. Wherever you are. In the midst of the infield at the Churchill Downs or in the silence of your bedroom. To go home. To find that place 
And be with the Christ who knows you best and who will give you strength. When the fears of inadequacy and worry begin to make their voices known within you, to go home, to let Christ remind you of who and what you are, it's the greatest gift of all. And any time you think you're unworthy, not deserving of being the habitat for the holy, any time that you think that God can't surely care about you anymore, I want to remind you to open the Bible and pick out any story represented by these windows around you, for they tell stories of people who were inadequate, who failed, who did not feel up to the task, and yet became instruments of God. If God can do it with them, God can do it with you. One of my favorites is the story of Zacchaeus. You know that would be my favorite because, as the song says, he was a wee little man. And being vertically challenged as I am, I've always kind of felt a kinship with Zacchaeus. But really, he's, he's kind of a wormy guy. He was the one who sold out his people. He was a tax collector. He stole from his own people. I've decided that he kind of reminds me of Peter Pettigrew in the Harry Potter stories. Just a sniveling little guy. And yet, when Jesus saw him up in the tree, he said to Zacchaeus, Hey, come on down. I'm going to your house today. And if he'll do that for Zacchaeus, he will do that for me and do that for you. Tower of Strasbourg was a 14th century mystic and saint. He learned a great lesson one day going down the street and coming across a beggar. He said to the beggar, God give you a good day, my friend. And the beggar responded, I give thanks to God, I've never had a bad day. So Toller said, well then God give you a good life. The beggar responded, I thank God that I've never had an unhappy life yet. Really, never unhappy? asked Toller. What do you mean? The beggar said, well, when I have plenty, I thank God. When I have nothing, I thank God. When it's raining, I thank God. And when it's sunny, I thank God. In all things, I give thanks to God. Toller said, who are you? I'm a king, he answered. A king? Where is your kingdom? It's right here. It's in my heart. There's no place like this home. Where Christ said, I'll come and be with you and give you this peace that passes all understanding. It can wash over you. If you've never experienced it, I must invite you into this way, this truth, this life. For the truth of the matter is, even though I'm standing up here as a minister, my life has not been easy or even. But I can tell you that Christ has always been there when I've turned and asked. It is the greatest gift of all. My friend Nathan tells the story of when he was a little boy. He got mad at his parents one day and announced to them, I am running away from home. He left the out the front door, slammed the door behind him, stomped down the steps and down the street. 
At the end of the block, he looked over his shoulder to see if anyone was following, but they weren't. So he started walking on. About an hour later, he circled back around the neighborhood and back by the house to see if perchance anyone was out looking for him, but they weren't. As the day drew on and evening began to set in, Nathan started getting hungry, so he circled around again, whistling loudly, hoping that someone might notice he's outside. But when they didn't, his curiosity got the better of him, and he went up to the house, put his face up to the window, and looked in to see what was going on. And there was his family just sitting down to dinner. It broke his heart. Until he saw the place at the table where his plate And his cup and his knife and fork had been set out waiting for him. As if to say, come on home. This place where God meets us. Where Christ is present. Whatever the situation of your life. There's no place like home. As we gather at this table this morning. May it be for us a remembrance of this home. And may we take the body and blood of Christ and place it deep within us as a reminder of where Christ lives. All are invited to the table this morning. If you're a lover of Christ, this is your table. Let's prepare now to come to this table by standing together and saying these words to both friend and stranger. May the peace of Christ be with you. And also with you. Let's stand together.